The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You are now logged in to Real Time Digital. Presented by thejargroup.com. Online marketing with measurable results. Welcome two of the Jar Group's savviest internet marketers, Emily Leadblad and Lauren Garcia. Listen as these digital divas analyze hot trends and chat with the in crowd of the digital world. Real Time Digital starts in real time, in real time, right now. Hello and welcome to Real Time Digital, hosted by thejargroup.com. We are uh, your hosts, the Digital Divas. I am Emily Leeblad. I am Warren Garcia. Welcome to the show. Today we have a really cool show lined up for you guys. Um, we will be interviewing uh, Andy Dunn, who is um, he's the CEO and founder of Bonobos, which is a men's online shop. Um, they started out in pants, but they're moving swiftly into, you know, things like dress shirts, blazers, suits. It's going to be an all-encompassing go-to spot for men's paint, um, clothes. And we'll also be interviewing Jeff Price, who is the CEO of TuneCore, which is a huge um, digital music distribution company based in Dumbo of Brooklyn. And um, they're, you know, rapidly growing, and it's a really cool service that lets independent artists upload their own music onto iTunes and a bunch of other music stores. And it's pretty interesting because they get to keep their own royalties. Um, So that's coming up for you after the break. But before we interview those guys, we, of course, have to do our What's Hot, What's Not segment. What's hot? What's not? All right. right. Yeah, starting out. So what is the first? Uh, the iPhone 4G came out recently, and that's pretty hot. Obviously, very hot, very hot. Yeah, I'm not seeing as much hype as I have around the 4G than, I have, than I've seen in the other versions, but, you know, I actually have gotten a chance to get my hands on one, and it is a significantly different model. Yeah, it looks really different. It does, and it feels a lot more substantial. It's not as, you know, pretty. A lot of people used to be used to complain over how it was just too fragile. So um, I think they've made it a little bit more durable, maybe. I don't know. Um, it looks like it. it. Yeah, it definitely, it's, it's a, a lot different. Well, so the iPhone 4G is definitely hot, but what's not hot is that everybody apparently is holding it wrong. And or how do you hold a phone it's, it's incorrectly? Affecting, it's, it's affecting the phone. The- but, yeah, the reception, um, when you hold it a certain way, is, is um, impaired, I guess. So Apple has been having a lot of complaints and, and problems with that. Um, apparently, it's the skin-to-phone contact in a certain <laughs> certain way that's not not doing so well. That's definitely not hot. Not hot. You can't exactly tell a user how to hold a phone. That's the part that you're not supposed to have to think about. <laughs> right, exactly. Talk and somebody can hear. Exactly. What else? What else? Sports fever. World oh, Cup fever. Yeah. World Cup. Oh, my goodness. Um, going off of the World Cup, I mean, obviously the World Cup is hot. It's been hot all month. It's going to continue to be hot. There are so many, there are so many upsets. They continue um, <laughs> throughout the elimination rounds. But uh, what is interesting, 
and I'm not quite sure as a as a former soccer player whether this is hot or not hot, but I guess recently FIFA um, has been starting to contemplate using technology to to overrule uh, calls that were made on the field, which was not um, that's never been been done in soccer before. I mean, you know, in football and and I guess sometimes in baseball for for um, scoring purposes they they'll review plays but uh in soccer that's never um been put to use before but i guess now especially more recently with uh like england's gold being taken away um stuff like that they're they're thinking about using that on-field technology to to reverse calls so i think people are going to have some strong opinions about that one way or the other yeah definitely well, uh, for all you people who are already looking forward to the London 2012 Olympics, um, we have a big not hot in the works. Apparently, <laughs> so Visa is the exclusive sponsor of the London Olympics in 2012. Exclusive, huh? Uh, yeah, apparently. I'm sure they're paying big, big, big bucks for that. I can only imagine. Um, but, goodness. you know, as such, they have decided to freeze out MasterCard and Amex. Uh, card holders, and so people with those credit cards will not be able to buy tickets to the London Olympics what? in the UK. <laughs> so, like, you know, huge discrimination against other card holders. Definitely pigeonholing people into yeah. getting a Visa card. No kidding. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting. And apparently, uh, somebody on, you know, a press officer or something for the Olympics um, totally defended it and said it's not unusual. And I guess it's true. I mean, if they're paying. Yeah. bajillions of dollars <laughs> to have their name over, you know, all over plastered Everything. over the entire thing, I guess. I guess yeah. it's their right. I don't know. I guess. But I'm sure we'll be having some some outrages about that yeah. coming up. Wow. That's definitely not hot. Well, I mean, I guess it's hot for Visa. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how people will react, though. I don't yeah. think consumers are going to want to feel like they were forced into doing something. That's true. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So what else? Anything else hot? You know what? I'm so anxious to talk to our guests. I think we should just jump right into a commercial All break right. and bring them on when we get back. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited as well. So <laughs> stay tuned. We'll be right back with our guests. Real Time Digital will be back after this download from our sponsors. Public relations professionals understand the importance of branding. Invest in your next ad campaign with one of the premier branding innovators broadcasting on-air and on-demand to the internet business world, webmasterradio.fm. Let our team customize your branding to target public relations professionals that access our public relations channel every day. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a consultation today. Hi, this is Joel Kahn. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. 
How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. The Jerry Abram Show, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to Real Time Digital, presented by TheJarGroup.com, online marketing with measurable results. Here are your digital divas, Emily and Lauren. Hello, welcome back to Real Time Digital. We are your digital divas. I'm Lauren. And I'm Emily. Welcome back to the show. We're here from the JAR Group, and now we have with us Andy Dunn, CEO and founder of Bonobos. Welcome, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. So, do you just want to get started? Tell us a little bit about Bonobos and, and, and how you came up with the concept and how you guys got it started. Well, Bonobos is simple. You know, we started the company because we believe that men want to look good, but they don't like shopping. And we looked around at all the companies out there, and we didn't see anyone who was really using the Internet as a way to deliver men with great clothing and a great clothing experience. And so we started in a category that we found particularly difficult, which is pants. You know, you, to find a great pair of pants, you typically have to spend, you know, four to six hours at three to four stores to find the right pair. We made what we thought was a better cut, started selling those pants over the Internet, paired with our customer service ninjas and simple <laughs> web shopping experience, and lo and behold, found that there were a lot of other guys out there that had the same problem that we did. That's awesome. It's incredible where Bonobos has come. You guys have such a loyal following. And um, because you guys are all over the Internet, there are no brick-and-mortar stores. Is that correct? That's right. So how have you been able to grow being an online company um, so quickly and been able to really, you know, boast the merits of your pants? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I think sometimes when people start an e-commerce business, they assume that the secret sauce in the marketing is about the website and social media and all the different ways that you bring a product to market. We mm-hmm. actually believe that it's about the product. And if you have the right product, your first five or 10,000 customers are going to come to you just through great word of mouth and editorial PR. And yeah. that's, in fact, what happened was, we went out in our first year, we sold 12,000 pairs of pants over the Internet to 5,000 guys, and those 5,000 guys, it turned out, had big mouths. And today, three years in, word of mouth is still 40% of our customer acquisition, editorial PR is 20%, and we're, we're really only at this point starting to figure out how we scale online marketing and paid acquisition. Right. So... Also, I mean, recently, more recently, rather, you guys have started moving into different um, categories. I know you guys launched dress shirts last week, I think, and and launched blazers as well this past month. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that word of mouth around our pants was really about the fit. You know, the fit issue that we saw was that you could go to a mass market retailer and buy an American cut of pants. It tends to be boxy. It doesn't tend to be very flattering for your figure. Right. The other alternative is the European cut, and the European cut can be great, but t- tends to assume that you're, you know, very, very slender, very trim. Sometimes it's hard to squeeze into those pants. And so yeah. we said, let's take the same model that has made us successful in pants 
and let's apply that to blazers and dress shirts. And so we've developed two great cuts of dress shirts. The Alpha on our dress shirts actually launched just late last week. It's called mm-hmm. the BMT Eliminator, which is the billowing muffin top eliminator, <laughs> which is taking care of that issue of all the extra fabric you get that bunches up around your waist and on your sides with the boxy cut of shirts. And we're, we're doing the same thing in blazers. It's a tailored cut, not too tight, um, but not too boxy, and we think it works for, works for a lot of guys. Right. Absolutely. No, our boss wears the, uh, the Gatsby's Gone suit to work all the time. Um, it always makes quite the impression. It's a pretty awesome, oh, pretty awesome sucker. seersucker pattern. <laughs> um, and so I, I also see that you guys are starting to offer other brands on your site besides Bonobos. Um, what led you to the decision to offer uh, that? Well, we're really excited. For example, you know, we're partnering with a company called Belted Cow of Maine. And Belted Cow is a great American company that makes casual belts that have a, a lot of color and energy to them that we think pairs nicely with our product and helps our customers start to begin to pull together their entire outfit. And this is, this is a very interesting shift in the landscape. It used to be that when you had a great apparel brand, think about Ralph Lauren, or think about where Donna Karen was in the 90s, the model was you extended that brand into every category under the sun. You licensed it, you went into sunglasses, you went into lotion, you went into every single category you could to try to make money with that brand. The problem is that when you do that, you start to lose your authenticity on what made you great to begin with because it's very difficult from a product development standpoint and a design standpoint and a sourcing standpoint to be good at all these categories. And so we realized that there was actually a paradox, which is that if we didn't go into other categories, we could make our brand, we could make Bonobos be that much of a higher quality. At the same time, we want to offer guys the entire outfit, and that's when we discovered that we had a channel. So we, cool. we took a couple of different brands, Belted Cow and Belts, Ernest Alexander, who was an intern of mine who makes amazing men's messenger bags and tote bags here in New York City. And we started to use our website and our email list as a way to market those products as a part of the overall Bonobo suite. And it's gone incredibly well. And most importantly, from a customer standpoint, what we're hearing is we really view you guys as a solution. What are you coming out with next? Right. So, yeah, you guys really are becoming like an overall web solutions for men and um, in the online clothing space, obviously. Um, What else is in store for Bonobos? What what else are you guys coming out with soon? Well, if you think about the way that guys pull together their outfits, um, you know, we started in pants. We've added shorts. We're now adding a jacket, uh, you know, a blazer, a dress shirt. We've got polo shirts. We've really pulled together the basics of the outfit in 2010 and then surrounding that with great belts, bags, shoes, accessories. I think by the end of this year, we'll feel like we have a website that offers you the ability to do the basics and staples of your wardrobe. But we're not, we're not satisfied with a model where all of the input comes from our internal team on what we carry. And so we really admire a company called ModCloth on the women's mm-hmm. side, which has got a great Be the Buyer program. And we aim to, to launch some of these social engagement features ourselves where we can really enable our customers to help guide us on what we offer next, what we sell next, and what they need. And so if you go on our Facebook page yesterday, we were asking a question about who makes the best undershirt, and we had 47 comments. We plan to take those comments 
internally and then sort of figure out how do we forge ahead in this category based on what we're hearing from the consumer. And a little bit later today, I have some exciting news. We're going to be launching social engagement features on our product pages for the first time. This enables the customer to um, say that they like a product, to share it and recommend it on Facebook or Twitter. But most importantly, we have an algorithm that enables customers to review the products. And so only customers who have bought a product can review it. And we plan to establish a scoring and a weighting system over time for people that we think are offering the best feedback. And flip the switch on the way, you know, the entire way that the fashion industry is run. You know, wow. The fashion industry is normally about expert merchants and designers that hand down product on a runway. And what companies like Bonobos and ModCloth are saying is there are some very tasteful users and customers out there who are exceptionally discerning, who have great ideas and energy, and we can empower them to allow them to build the Bonobos brand side by side with us. That is so cool. That's really exciting. And I just also, I mean, going off of that, um, your social media following for Bonobos is amazing. Like your Facebook page, you know, with everything you post, there seem to be like over 50 comments from everything to pants, to dress socks, and a wide variety of topics. How has that become such a powerful community and forum for Bonobos followers um, and fans to really, uh, you know, interact with the brand? Well, you know what's funny? Social media is typically thought of, I think, at the average company as how can we use this tool to market our base to our base and talk to our base. And at Bonobos, we started with a different premise, and that was how can we use this tool to learn from our base? Mm -hmm. And when your primary goal is learning versus marketing, and when Mm -hmm. your secondary goal is serving you know, creating that outlet as a customer service, an additional customer service channel, mm-hmm. I think the customer starts to feel like this is, this is a different kind of interaction and this is a different kind of company. And let me just give you an anecdote. We yesterday had a tweet come in. I think the, the Twitter handle was Beam, B-E-A-M underscore ad. And the individual behind that Twitter account said, I don't really like this Dress Shirt Alpha program. You guys announced it six months ago, and then it turns out if you sign up, you still have to pay $75 to buy a shirt. I think he was under the impression that the shirt would be free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I replied to him. Then one of our customer service ninjas replied to him. We offered him the shirt for free. He direct messaged me back. And then today, I think, actually, actually, I think it was yesterday, he mm-hmm. came back and said, you know, in spite of what I said about these Bonobos guys yesterday, They've got a great company. Their customer service is awesome. Wow. And that's how we think about social media from a Facebook and Twitter standpoint is it's about learning and serving, not about marketing. And I think that creates a different kind of quality of an interaction and a relationship. That's amazing. That's really cool to hear. Um, You guys totally get it. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about the experience of buying pants on your website. Um, how does it work if somebody wants to buy pants and, uh, you know, just the sizing and making the selection? Well, right now it doesn't work particularly well. We have <laughs> just about sold out of our product, which is a first in our company's history. Wow. Congratulations. Three, there's just not that much available, and we apologize for that and have got a program launched where we're offering store credit out to anyone who's disappointed in that experience. But over the course of the next two to four weeks, we're going to be stocking back in in a major way. And the experience is really straightforward. You come in and you pick 
a couple of sizes that you think work for you, um, mm-hmm. starting with your waist size. You know, if you think you're a 32, maybe a 33, you pick up those two sizes. Yeah. Um, you add them to your cart. You check out. The pants come to your office or your home within a couple of days, and then you try them on, and whatever doesn't fit, you send back, and the shipping is free um, both ways so that you mm-hmm. can hone in on what your size is, and then once you, you know your size, you can sort of come back as new product comes out and start to add those products to your wardrobe. The, the model is based on the fact that um, you're going to bring the fitting experience into your own home. Yeah. At the same time, what we've discovered is there are some guys who, no matter what you do, are just scared to buy for the very first time online. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we're doing a couple of things to address that. Um, we're developing, we developed a FitPod, a Ninja FitPod is what we're calling it, that can come to corporations and can come to public spaces and enable guys to get fitted in person, so we'll be out there in the field. We're talking about opening um, one street-level showroom-type space in New York City next year that will enable our New York customers to do what they've been doing anyway, which is just showing up our office and demanding to try on pants. Hey, uh, and we are dabbling uh, with a couple of wholesale conversations, talking to some retailers that we admire, because what we realize is that while men don't like shopping in aggregate, it's not necessarily a great experience to only be able to buy something over the Internet. And so mm-hmm. we, need to de- we need to develop the right complementary fitting channels, if we could call them that, to get people into the brand, into the pants, and feeling confident with what their size is. Right. That's awesome. It seems like you guys really understand the consumer and can't really fail when you know exactly who you're going for. Um, so what is in the This is just kind of an off-base question, but um, for everybody out there wondering what in the world does Bonobos mean, <laughs> what, can you tell us a little bit of a history on what is the brand name itself? Well, there's a lot made of the Bonobos promiscuity. Uh, it's a cousin of the chimpanzee, not known to be different from that animal until the early 20th century. But what I think really makes it cool is it's the most evolved animal on the planet. (laughs) Um, They've developed a society with no war. Uh, There's a great book out by a Congo researcher named Vanessa Woods about how the bonobo has developed a really cool, matriarchal, um, fun-loving, spirited society where even the adults retain childlike traits well well into older age. And we think that we've got something to learn from this animal. And so... The idea is, you know, our customer is someone that wants to look good, that, you know, wants to have fun, wants to be confident in what they wear, wants to not take themselves too seriously, but, you know, doesn't, doesn't think it's very cool to spend the entire Saturday and Sunday, you know, at the mall shopping. Mm-hmm. And so we view bonobos as this very evolved animal, and we think that our guy is a more evolved guy. And we also believe that and hope that we're providing that guy with a more evolved men's clothing experience. And so this is our, the inspiration behind the Bonobo, and we were excited last year to partner with Lola Yabonobo, which is a Bonobo orphanage in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Wow. And we spent about $15,000 worth of proceeds, which I call more than 100% of profits because we weren't yet profitable last year, to preserve the conservation of these animals who live in a country where not only are Bonobos not safe, you know, human beings aren't even safe, um, sadly, in, in that country. Wow. That's quite the, the background on the brand name. Um, I'm excited to I hear love the meaning. Yeah, yeah the really actual cool. thought behind it. But 
Amy, we are out of time, but thank you so much for being on our show. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to Thanks seeing so what Bonobos is going to come out with next. <laughs> so are we. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Real-Time Digital will be back after this download from our sponsors. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Your advertising message is only as effective as your placement. You advertise with WebmasterRadio.fm. From 30-second commercials to 30-minute monthly programs, our team is comparable to any ad agency when it comes to production, placement, and positioning your message to not only the advertising world, but an even bigger audience of our loyal listeners and podcasters. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a consultation today. SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to Real-Time Digital, presented by thejargroup.com. Online marketing with measurable results. Here are your digital divas, Emily and Lauren. Hi, and welcome back to Real Time Digital. I am Emily Liebblad, and I'm here with Lauren Garcia. Hello. Back from, with thejargroup.com. We are so excited to feature Jeff Price on our show. He is the president and founder of TuneCore, which is a huge digital uh, music distribution company. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're so, excited to have you. Yeah, we really are. TuneCore is awesome. Um, just to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about TuneCore's mission for music and how, how it works? What's the business model? Sure. Well, TuneCore is the largest distributor of music in the world, and TuneCore allows anyone that creates music or sound or spoken word or church choir or comedy album, you name it, to have access to have their music or sound distributed around the world. They hit the website, they upload your songs, you click iTunes as a place for, as an example where you like your music to be sold. And literally within three to five minutes, it's been delivered to iTunes, usually going live within 24 hours, making it available for anyone around the world to buy. And when your music wow. sells, you get 100% of the revenue via a non-exclusive agreement that you can cancel at any time. That's incredible. And yeah, we were actually just reading about how it's a recent development that TuneCore um, artists has released go live within 24 hours. That's quite a claim to fame. Why don't you explain on that a little bit more and why that's so unique? Yeah, well, I mean... It sort of ties into the way the whole music industry used to work, and it's fascinating. Distribution used to be the thing that was the hardest to get and took the longest to get, which ties into your question. And what I mean by that as an artist, traditionally, if you wanted to get your music available for people to buy, 
you had to go through a very long, long, long process before it got distributed. And that process was getting signed by a record label. So you would play gigs, and then the record label A&R person would see you play, and then they would, you know, if they liked you, they'd move it up the food chain to the senior director, and then the director to the VP, who would green light in a signing, and then a contract, and then a counter Anyway, it would go on and on and on, and then you'd go into a studio and re-record your songs, and the record label would manufacture your CD, and they would actually give it to a distribution company. Record labels don't distribute. Dis distributors distribute. Mm -hmm. And a distributor has like a... You know, for physical distribution, it has a half a million square foot warehouse with 50 foot high ceilings mm -hmm. and 30 or 60 people that run around that warehouse picking and packing and shipping orders and shipping them all out to the record stores, or what used to be record stores, across 3,000 square miles of the United States and 10,000 plus stores. And what was interesting is in distribution, uh, in music distribution, every CD or vinyl record or whatever the format was that shipped out could be returned at any point for a full refund by the record store. Mm. So now you need a whole second division of the, of the distribution company that would deal with what's called returns, all these CDs that did not sell. And when they came back, they would be cracked or broken. They'd either need to be destroyed or refurbished so they could be shipped back out. And now think about the finance department. You need to keep track of these 30 or 60 or 90 day credit terms with stores to pay for the inventory that was manufactured up front and then some of it gets returned for refunds, some of it's reshipping out. So just, just the infrastructure on the shipping and the finance and returns was huge. And then you need another 30 to 50 people running around the country going into physical retail stores and begging and borrowing and pleading <laughs> and buying your way onto the physical shelf. Because if your CD is not on the shelf, it couldn't be bought. And very simply, right. by the way, record labels make people famous, and then they monetize that fame traditionally by selling the music. Right. So it took a long time to get distribution. I mean, you could, as a band, have music prepared and done and recorded and start this whole process to get courted by a record label, and you're literally looking at a period of a year and a half to two years before this, this music you created, you know, three years ago could make it onto a shelf space. So to answer part of your question, I wanted to provide that perspective. Distribution took years, and it was also only available to the very, 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 very privileged few that were selected by the record labels to become part of that system, and they would actually put you know, money on the table and take the risk and in return distribute that product. And then what happened is you had a change in the way people bought music. It used to be that you had to walk into a physical retail store to get it. Now you don't have to. You can go online. And what's interesting about an online, I'll call it a record store, which makes me sound completely outdated, uh, <laughs> uh, something like iTunes. Vintage. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll go back home and listen to my cassettes when I'm off the call. Um, <laughs> well, seriously, all of my old college radio shows, I'm all on cassette. And now I don't have a, a cassette player anymore. I don't know how I'm supposed to listen to them. But anyway, um, you know, iTunes has unlimited shelf space, unlike something like Virgin Megastore or Walmart, where you have a finite number of things that can be in stock. On iTunes, as an example, everything can be in stock. And everything can be in stock and no detriment to anything else. Right? Whereas in the old school model, you, maybe you could have 20,000 different titles in stock, but that 20,000 and first title can't be there. And if it is, that means something else isn't. In iTunes, everything is there. If they run out of room, they pop in a new RAID drive. And the second major change to the online digital stores is you have unlimited inventory at no upfront cost. You have a digital file that replicates on demand as a perfect digital copy and download. The old school model, you needed to front money and manufacture 
these physical things and hope to God they sold. And if they didn't, you were still stuck with the cost. But in the digital world, you manufacture nothing, you have no upfront cost, and you just have a digital file that replicates itself. So if you have unlimited shelf space, and you have unlimited inventory that replicates on demand for no upfront cost, you've just gotten rid of the need for physical distribution and that physical distribution structure, which is what the traditional music industry was. And that's why there's such a shift going on in the marketplace because Sony, yes, they have record labels, but it's about Sony distribution. And the same thing with Universal. It's about the distribution. They used to have a stranglehold on the distribution because of the infrastructure and the costs. But as that shifted, you don't need that same infrastructure. Now you just need access. So getting back into your question, the timing. Right. What you really need to do is create a way for someone to upload a music file, upload an image, click a button, and, or two or three, and have that information delivered via the Internet to the new music store, in this case iTunes. And that all can happen online. And that can happen very rapidly if you build the right system for it. So TuneCore has the best system in the world for this. Literally, you can hit our website, upload your music, upload your art, click iTunes, and within three to five minutes, it has been delivered to the iTunes music stores around the world. Right. The next thing that needs to happen is iTunes needs to make it live. Now, when we first launched TuneCore five years ago, it would take six to eight weeks for that music to go live. Wow. And as you move through time, the six to eight weeks got a little lower, and then it came five to seven weeks. And for a while, it, we hung out in the three to four weeks. And the reason for that, be it Napster or Rhapsody or eMusic or Spotify, who we just started working with, or iLike or Mog or iTunes, is when you send them the music, on their side, they have to actually do something with it. So to provide a metaphor, imagine for a moment that you shipped a big box of CDs to um, what used to be Tower Records, and they received it, and it went into their back room. Right? Mm -hmm. FedEx can overnight that delivery and it lands there. But just because it's there doesn't mean it's available for sale. Someone at the record store has to go and open up that box, take the CDs out, and put them onto the rack out on the floor, put in a little bin card. And until they do that, the, the music isn't available to buy. Well, it's the same thing in the digital world, but instead of a human being opening up a box, you have systems that process music files or put I don't know, wrappers around them, uh, digital wrappers or technology around them, or in some cases you'll actually have human beings looking at the album cover art on a computer screen to assure that it's not pornographic and someone's not claiming that it's a DVD or puts a URL on it or something. So that's, that's a process that can slow down the ingestion of the music once it's been delivered. And that used to be six to eight weeks, then three to four, and what's happened more recently as TuneCore has gotten better and better and better at delivering music and understanding sort of the nuances that the store wants. For example, if Tower Records said, we would like 60 CDs, and we need those CDs sent to us in one box, and in that one box we need four other boxes, mm -hmm. and if you do that, we can get it on the floor faster, then you package it like that. So we learn the digital sort of analogy of that, and we get better and better at delivering. So as the best music distributor in the world, when you hit our system, it prepackages the music in such a way that it, it's trusted on the other side and it moves out onto the, quote, digital floor more quickly. So we've recently moved from three to four weeks. Now you can get distribution literally the fastest it's ever happened, because this was awesome. Someone came to TuneCore. They uploaded a 10-song album. They clicked the iTunes button. They paid the flat rate of $47. 
and it was live on iTunes within 28 minutes. Wow. Now that's, yeah, which I was stunned by. That, yeah. that, that's not for everyone, but it seems right now that the majority of the releases that are moving through the system are going live in under 24 hours. And I want to make sure I'm clear on this. That doesn't mean it's going to happen for everyone, but it's much, much faster now than it ever used to be. So distribution, which used to take the longest amount of time to get, now actually is the first thing that you can get more quickly than just about anything else. Right. So you guys have obviously done a fantastic job cutting down the distribution time, um, but since people are uploading their own music and they don't have a manager representing them and doing the, all the promotion, how does TuneCore help promote its artists? Are you guys using um, social, like social marketing a lot, or partnerships? Partnerships, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you promote your artists. Sure. Well, they are TuneCore artists, but I want to be clear that we don't control the masters and we don't take rights and we don't take revenue. So we, are, we work on behalf of our customers, but I want to make it clear that we don't control them. You have complete freedom. That being said, what's interesting is in 2009, last year, uh, there were 65 million units of TuneCore customers' music bought wow. online. That's huge. And that split it is. It's it's ridiculously huge. And that's split between paid streams and paid downloads. And that sixty five million dollars generated thirty five million dollars in gross revenue for TuneCore artists. The TuneCore artists collectively represent one of the most valuable music catalogs in the world and are outselling, in many cases, some major record labels. It's it's insane. So you've had artists, for example, like Drake who used TuneCore before he got picked up by a record label. And Drake sold 300,000 singles in 11 days outselling Lady Gaga. Wow. You have a band called Never Shout Never that used TuneCore and uploaded three four-song EPs. And between those three four-song EPs, over the course of about seven to ten months, sold almost one million songs across those three four-song wow. EPs. Wow. You have an artist named Liam Sullivan, Liam Sullivan, who's a comedian. He uploaded a video to YouTube called Shoes, and over the last two years, he's sold over 2.5 million songs off of his, uh, off of his record. I've seen that one. As a matter of fact, by the way, on Monday... Sorry? Oh, no, I was just going to say my friend's band, I actually just told them about about TuneCore. Well, they obviously had heard about it, but I kind of, I saw one of their shows last week over at Brooklyn Bowl and kind of pushed them to sign up with you guys. And so they're really excited. I think they signed up last week. It's their Darling Side. So I was about to say, make that. sure you say the name of the band, Darling Side. Darling Side. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so by the way, Kelly, the guy who is Kelly that does shoes, he actually produced, wrote, and directed some um, uh, videos, webisodes that are launching on Monday called The Showiest Show, sponsored by TuneCore. So it, uh, it actually has a TuneCore tie-in and that launches this Monday. I believe that's the 28th of June. Anyway, uh, but it's not just those three. I mean, there are literally thousands of bands from Nickasaur uh, who have sold well over you know, 350,000 songs off of a couple of releases to Boyce Avenue who have done over 1.5 million songs. Uh, to the Medic Droid who sold hundreds of thousands of copies of their single. I mean, the list of artists that are selling music in large quantities is it just it's mind-numbing. And what's interesting is most people don't know it because the traditional system that exists to track music sales, which is owned by a company called Nielsen, and it's called SoundScan, doesn't pick up on a good chunk of these sales and of the sales that it does pick up. It doesn't aggregate and present the information correctly. For example, Never Shout Never sells upwards of a million songs across three four-song EPs. 
that's the way people buy music now. They buy by the song across catalog. They don't buy by the album anymore. Right. And in my opinion, that's the way it should be more looked at is the value of an artist, if you're putting them on a chart, it shouldn't be about how many copies of an album they sell. It should be how many songs or units or ringtones or, or gigging to come or merchandise or copies of the song on rock band or sponsorship deals or ad revenue. It's all these new income streams combined should really make that chart up. But I, I significantly digress here. So in regards to marketing and promotion, do we market and promote? Absolutely. We have an email, artist promotion at TuneCore.com. Send your information. Uh, a gentleman here named Chris uh, markets and promotes TuneCore artists aggressively to the digital stores for features. We've had, I think, about 30 TuneCore artists featured as the free iTunes single download of the day. We've had over 1,000 featured in between Amazon and Rhapsody and Napster and Nokia and all the different places. We're also tied into a partnership with Guitar Center where our wow. customers' music is actually played in the stores and on the whole music with front and back tags, meaning when they say the name of the band and the name of the song. We do promotions tied in with Yamaha or Roland or Gibson or PayPal where we've actually put together or uh, the Hard Rock Hotel or Gucci where they'll put together playlists of music made available for free download. Uh, people can then enter a, a code at iTunes and these playlists download for free provided the bands want to do it. Uh, we provide streaming media players where after your music has been distributed, you could just create your own streaming media player which has your songs in it that stream in their entirety. Allow someone to become your fan. You collect their email address. It also lets you put in your Flickr account, your YouTube account, tour dates. You can even put in the Donate to the Band button. But to be perfectly honest, I can't take credit for what the artists are, are doing. They are responsible for their success, and it's a testament to them and their art. And what I mean by that is, it traditionally used to be that people would discover music through MTV and commercial radio and print magazines. I mean, that was really it. Alanis Morissette sold 14 million copies of her album because of MTV and commercial radio play. Yeah. You know, the print magazines didn't hurt, but that's why she did. What's occurred, though, is the way people discover music has changed. We used to turn on the radio, and now we go online. We used to watch MTV, now we go to YouTube. Right. We used to read Rolling Stone, and many people do, but now we just troll the Internet and read MP3 blogs or see what our friends are listening to or look at tweets. So what's yeah. occurring is the, the media outlets where people used to go to get marketing and promotion had gatekeepers. And MTV would only play videos that were promoted to them pushed by the record labels. Mm -hmm. Rolling Stone very rarely, if ever, I can't think of a single time, put an artist on the cover of that magazine that wasn't signed to a record label. Right? Now, it doesn't work like that anymore. Anyone in the world can go to YouTube and upload a video, yep. be it Universal Records, Universal Republic as an example can do that, the exact same way that you can. So we have equal access to the media outlets. The major thing that needs to happen is the art needs to cause reaction. For example, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a fantastic song by the band Nirvana. Right. It was played a lot on the radio. If people didn't like it, if they didn't react to it, it wouldn't have mattered how many times you heard it. No. Having marketing dollars behind you and gaining the exposure is necessary, but is not the thing that causes you to break and get popular. It's the music itself that causes it. And as sort of a further proof of that is 98% of what the major record labels have released fail. And they have spent billions of dollars marketing and promoting that music. They have pushed it out through media outlets, pumped it into the radio, shoved it into elevators, beat you over the head with it. But you know what? If you didn't like it, you didn't buy it. And that's why 98% of the music they pushed out failed. 2% succeeded, and it sort of offset the cost. So in response to how do you market and promote, there is no magic bullet. 
the magic bullet is your art has to cause reaction. You have direct access to the media outlets. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Vimeo. You can go to create a video for Funny and Die, Funny or Die if you want. You can tweet. You can MySpace. You can Facebook. And if you've got something that people react to, and you get it out there through the media outlet, and yes, it takes work. It's not going to happen you know, by magic. You have to actually put it out there and tweet about it. But if people like it, you'll find that people retweet. You'll find people put it on their Facebook page. They'll find that they'll take your streaming media player and they'll stick it on their page. And it's that viral communication through social networking combined with access to the media outlets that cause these bands like Nickasaur and Voice Avenue and Medic Droid and Drake and so forth to explode in ways that could never have happened before. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, we, we love how TuneCore is just eliminating practically every barrier that used to exist for musicians and their struggle to be heard um, and just, you know, changing the face of the music industry entirely. Why don't you tell us a little bit just about how an artist can get started on TuneCore? Well, thank you for that. Uh, so literally anyone on the planet just goes to TuneCore.com. You create a free account. You upload your song. You upload album cover art or your release art for a single. If you don't have it, that's okay. We'll make free art for you. You pick a genre like alternative. Uh, don't worry if you don't have the UPC. We'll give you one for free. And then you pick the stores you want it to go to. You click buttons. You'll go, okay, put it in iTunes. And you know what? I don't want it in iTunes Japan, but I do want it in iTunes Canada. So you can do things like that. Add it to one of the 20-some-odd stores we have there. Uh, upload the song. And that's it. You're done. You, 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 know, you pay a checkout, and, and you're done. And then what happens after that is that, yeah, the digital stores will get it, they'll make it go live, and then when your music sells, the digital stores report back the accounting information and the sales information, usually 30 to 40 days after the end of a month. So what's sold in January, for example, is reported in March. So the way the accounting system works is you can just log into your TuneCore account 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, see your balance, and withdraw your money at will. You can either withdraw it via PayPal, you can mail yourself a check, and we have electronic fund transfer launching in about 30 to 40 days. Oh, very cool. There is no minimum. Yeah, so there's complete freedom and flexibility at all times to add stores, remove stores, get your money, see your accounting. We also provide analytics around your, um, your sales. You can see your top-selling songs in iTunes. You can see in a little graph uh, how many copies you sold last month. You can see your earnings. You can get high-resolution PDFs, which break down by geolocation, the best-selling city for your music, the best-selling song relative week-to-week, -week, and, and a whole bunch of other whistles and bells like that. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, we are out of time, but we are so happy to have you on our show and learn a lot more about TuneCore. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you very much. I can't wait to say I knew your son the band when. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> One more plug. What, 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 is, what is the name of the band again? Darling Side. Darlingside. Make sure you email us at Artist Promotion with Darlingside so we can see what we can we can do for the fan. Sounds great. Great. Thank you. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Have Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs>